Welcome to the In Your Element Fertility Podcast. I'm Jennifer Edmonds. I'm a yoga teacher, Pilates instructor, meditation and breathwork coach. And for the last 15 years, I've been helping women on their journeys to motherhood and beyond. This is the podcast that blends both science and spirit with everything you need to know as you navigate your fertility journey. If you're looking for a way to support your physical health, your mental health, reduce anxiety and reclaim some joy back into your life to make the process of trying to conceive feel easier, then you've come to the right place. I'll show you how to apply the latest scientific research along with your energy and mindset to provide you with all the tools you need as you're trying to conceive. This is the In Your Element Fertility Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the In Your Element Fertility Podcast. My name is Jennifer, and I am so excited to have you back here again with me today. So on this episode, we're going to be covering something that I think is crucial when we are talking about hormonal health, balancing your hormones, and especially for women who are trying to conceive, and that is cycle syncing. Now, this might be something that you know about and that you employ within your own life, but if you're anything like me, it might be something that's quite new to you and you're thinking, what is this all about and how can it help me as I'm trying to conceive? So I didn't learn about cycle syncing until I was in kind of my mid to late 30s. And when I started reading about all of this information, and there is a lot of science and a lot of research behind it, I felt so ripped off. I thought, where was this information when I was growing up? You know, when I was a teenager, when I was just starting my period and I was going through puberty, there is a wealth of information that's within cycle syncing that is so incredibly powerful. And when you can start to lean into it, you realize what a gift your menstrual cycle actually is. Unlike men, we are not meant to be the same at every day of the month. You know, despite what ads for period pain medication might tell you or, you know, commercials for pads and tampons are trying to instill in us, we shouldn't feel like we have endless energy every day of the month. We shouldn't feel like we are able to climb a mountain on the days that we have our period. And there are really distinct reasons for that. And when we can start to work with our body, know what's happening hormonally and physiologically at each and every phase of the cycle, we start to learn what an incredible resource our menstrual cycle is. So let's get straight into it. First of all, what is cycle syncing? I'm going to go through the four phases of the menstrual cycle and what's kind of happening within your body at each stage. And, you know, I know most of us don't have a perfect 28 day cycle and that's okay. Some of us might have a longer, a shorter cycle, and some of us may have no cycle at all. And I'll get to that at the end of the episode. But for today's purposes, we're going to kind of talk around a general guide as a 28-day cycle. So we'll start with menstruation or your period. So this is the stage of your cycle where your energy levels and your hormone levels are at their lowest. We often don't realize what it takes for our uterus to shed the lining and all of the buildup from the previous month's cycle. Now, your uterus is actually a muscle and it is working hard just as any other muscle would be in order to do what it needs to do. 
So when you have your period, you might notice, or when you start becoming aware of this, you may realize that you don't want to bounce out of bed and go to the gym at 6am. You know, you don't want to go to a loud cocktail party after work on a Friday evening and talk to a hundred people. You don't have the energy to go on a four hour hike on the weekend and all of this is okay. So when we have our period, it is a time to rest and really lean in to taking whatever space you need to. I really like to kind of use this as, as not an excuse to be lazy, but you know, as an excuse to take a longer bath or have an extra sleep in, do some restorative yoga before I go to bed. The more we do this and the more we can nourish our body and it will set you up for a much, much better month ahead. And I'll explain how that works a little bit later as well. The next phase of your cycle is your follicular phase. So here your body is starting to increase its energy levels. We're starting to build our sex hormones as we are working towards ovulation. So your body is increasing estrogen, follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone. All of these hormones are working together in order to create that one beautiful, healthy follicle that will release an egg at ovulation. So at the beginning of your follicular phase, as you're coming out of your period, you may not notice that your energy is high straight away, but I do find for myself and most of my students, it is kind of within that end of that first week that you get that little burst of energy. So we can start to work with this. Here's where we want to start increasing our exercise intensity, perhaps increasing our exercise frequency. It's a great time to start doing cardiovascular workouts, high intensity workouts, and really working with that building of energy and that building of the hormones that are coming within your body. As we get to the ovulatory phase, so this is like the peak of our cycle, our energy levels and our hormone levels should be at their highest. And if you are not noticing you get that increase in energy around ovulation, that is a little bit of a red flag and a reason to go back to thinking what you were doing during your period or even doing that previous month's two-week wait or that previous luteal phase. And we'll get to that in a minute as well. So hopefully, if your hormones are starting to synchronize and balance, ovulation is where You've got the energy. You want to go out and socialize. You want to go for those more intense workouts. Your libido levels should be at their highest during this phase as well. After ovulation, we work into the luteal phase. Now, if you're trying to conceive, this is also known as the infamous two-week wait. And this is where your hormone levels are starting to change once again. Now, if you are pregnant, your progesterone levels are going to continue increasing, as will your estrogen. If you're not pregnant, you will still get that rise in progesterone, but it will then start to decrease as you get closer towards your period again. So either way, whether you are pregnant or not, this is a time where we want to start reducing that intensity within your life again. So absolutely still continue your workouts, but we're staying away from those high intensity workouts, bringing it more back to restorative yoga, going for walks, perhaps slower, more gentle, lighter weights at the gym. And this is a time where we want to bring our awareness inwards. I find it's a time that a lot of women 
get quite reflective and quite intuitive and they they feel quite connected to their bodies or it's a time where you can start to connect with your intuition a little bit more. So they are the four phases of the luteal phase. And I've spoken a little bit about how exercise works within each of these phases, but because uh, the most of the work that I do these days is around yoga and meditation, I'll give you a little bit of information around how yoga really supports each of these phases and how it's so beneficial for fertility. So during your period, we have the beautiful practices of restorative yoga to lean into. Now, these are wonderful for letting the blood release down through the cervix and out of the body. These are wonderful ways to release tension in the pelvis, release anything that's been stored in that body in the last month. So anywhere that you're holding on to emotional tension, we do lots of poses to release the hips and the lower back. And these are really wonderful ways to let go of PMS and period pain and discomfort as well. As we move into our follicular phase, We're building that energy, as I mentioned before, and here's where all of those warrior poses tend to come into it. A lot of standing work. We want to feel really grounded, really capable, really strong, but at the same time, increasing that energy and getting the blood flowing through the body. You know, blood is your body's delivery system for nutrients and hormones. And the more we can encourage blood flow throughout the body, the more we're going to be able to send blood to the reproductive organs, to the adrenal glands, the pituitary gland, all of the areas of the body that need to work together in order to get those hormones hormones balancing. As we work into our ovulatory phase, again, we're increasing and maintaining those energy levels and that circulation, but now we start to really bring the energy downwards within the body. So for a really strong, healthy ovulation, we're trying to bring that energy downwards from the ovaries, drawing that beautiful, healthy egg into the fallopian tubes and into the uterus. And we do this with deep grounding postures like malasana, seated hip circles, lots of work to get that circulation going down to the pelvis. In the luteal phase, again, here is another opportunity for us to use our restorative yoga practices, but it isn't quite as relaxing and restorative as we are working in our menstrual phase. During the luteal phase, again, it's really important to encourage that blood flow because if we are pregnant, we want to support that growing baby. So getting all that fresh blood supply to uterus is so, so important. So let's move on to talking about lifestyle and how you can work this around your menstrual cycle, even your work, you know, uh, what you might do in terms of activities with your partner at this stage. And I know not all of us have the luxury of being able to do exactly what we want in terms of our career and our work at every day of our month, but here is a guide and as much as possible, see how you can work this into your your month and your schedule. So during our period, look, I'm not going to say take a day off work, but look, if we had the opportunity, I think we would all benefit from that enormously, but look, I know that isn't possible for most of us. So Whilst you may not be able to have a day in bed and watch movies and catch up on your favorite books, see where there are little moments throughout your day to find moments of rest and stillness. So 
does that look like a 20-minute nap in the middle of the day if you're working from home or perhaps when you get home after work? Can you go in, sit in a park and just take a few deep breaths while you're eating your lunch as opposed to sitting at your desk and continuing answering 100 emails? Can you go for a gentle walk in the morning as opposed to rushing straight off to work? Any way that you can bring in just some moments of stillness and moments of presence into your day. During your follicular phase and as you're working up to ovulation, here's where you have more energy. And a lot of women like to say, you know, these are the times to go for those more difficult conversations where you have more confidence. Do you want to ask for a pay rise? Do you need to go into a difficult presentation? Is this where you're doing pitches, presentations? This is a time to really work with your energy and know your power, lean in to how powerful and capable and confident you're feeling. As we get into our luteal phase, as our energy levels are decreasing again, like I mentioned before, it is more of a reflective time. Perhaps you don't want to be going in a million miles an hour and rushing. So I like to leave this time of the month for more repetitive tasks, things that don't take so much energy. You know, maybe it's catching up on budgets, profit and loss statements, going through your financials, catching up on emails, doing data entry, sorting out your folders, your inbox, just getting your life in a little bit more order. So if you can start to work your your life, your career around those cycles as well, it makes a big difference. And if you think about your social life and your you know, your life with your partner. Again, during our period, this is probably not a time we feel like going out and enjoying a big party and having dinners till late at night and enjoying a glass of champagne. Look, if it is and you can't avoid it, then that's understandable. But perhaps this is a time where you say, hey, let's have a night in. Let's order some takeaway. Let's have a date at home. You can cook for me. <laughs> As you're getting into your follicular and then the ovulatory phases, maybe you plan a date night around ovulation. Maybe as you work towards ovulation, you're doing some outdoor exercise together. This is a time where you may feel like catching up with friends. You know, maybe you have slightly more higher tolerance for people who may not always say the right thing. You may not, and that's absolutely fine. But if you know that catching up with people is important to you, that's a good time to add that into your schedule. And again, as we get to that luteal phase, can we start to bring that intensity back down again? You know, maybe that's a time where you go to your local favorite restaurant and just have, you know, a really chilled night together. Perhaps, you know, you share a couple of your favorite dishes. Maybe you have a coffee catch up, just a one-on-one conversation with a really good friend as opposed to many friends that take a lot more of your energy. So we'll move into the nutrition and the sort of food piece here. And gosh, this is a very, very big topic and you can go into a lot more detail in this. And, you know, I've got lots of resources. If you'd like to learn more, you can reach out to me. But I'll give you a quick rundown of kind of what we want to be nourishing our bodies with at each phase of our cycle. So during menstruation, this is where we want to be inviting in all those really warming, comforting foods, iron-rich foods like beef and liver and kale. And it might be a stage where 
you know, you're feeling a little bit bloated, you're feeling uncomfortable. So those warming foods are going to really nourish your belly and your internal organs there. If you are interested in seed cycling, this is where we start flax and pumpkin seeds. So around one to two tablespoons per day, preferably ground before you take them. So perhaps throwing them into a smoothie. And if you're going to have a smoothie at this stage, room temperature is best. During the follicular phase, here's where we can start to include those lighter foods. So salads, smoothies, maybe some cooler soups. Support that increase in your hormones. You want to increase your protein intake, chicken, salmon, eggs, adding in broccoli and sprouts and all those cruciferous vegetables to help metabolize any excess estrogen that you may have sitting within your system. We also want to include vitamin C rich foods to increase antioxidants and really support that progesterone production. A lot of us think that, you know, it's what we do after ovulation that supports progesterone production, but that's actually not the case. It's everything that you do leading up to your ovulation that really makes the difference. As you get to ovulation, again, your energy levels might be at their peak to the point that you're doing more exercise. And if this is the case, we need to include more protein, more healthy fats, more healthy carbohydrates to support that that extra energy expenditure. So things again, like you know, chicken and fish and salads and all the beautiful colors of the rainbow you want to be including within your meals. As we get into our luteal phase, that's again where we want to be bringing those warmer, more comforting foods back into our day, adding things like chickpeas, pumpkin, red meats, seed cycling now, if you're wanting to include that in your diet, that's where we change over to using sunflower and sesame seeds. Again, one to two two tablespoons each day. We also like to include magnesium-rich foods at this stage. And look, there's a whole bunch of really healthy leafy green vegetables that include magnesium, but my absolute favorite is dark chocolate. So lean into that if you want to. You may also notice an increase in your appetite in this phase. So it's important to nourish your body and give your body as much food as it needs. And if you are hungry, just acknowledge that and give your body what it wants. Now, the last thing I want to touch on with cycle syncing is the nervous system piece and how that works to synchronize your hormones. How does this actually set you up to support your fertility, your overall health? So when we are looking at what our body needs at each phase of our cycle, if we're pushing during our our menstrual period, for example, you know, if we're still going out and doing high intensity exercise and we're go, 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 rush, 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 not catching up on sleep that we need, your body is already doing the absolute most that it can with the least amount of energy it has during menstruation. So if you're adding to that load on top of that, it's going to stress out your body, stress out your nervous system. It's going to increase the production of stress hormones. So cortisol, adrenaline, norepinephrine, all of these hormones are going to put that extra, extra effort onto your body. So, you know, it's going to steal from your hormonal production. And if you are stressed out in physiological terms during your period, that does start to set you up for a less balanced month ahead. So that's why it's so, so crucial to come into rest during menstruation. 
as we are getting into the more energetic phases of our periods, our cycle, sorry, our follicular and our ovulatory phase, here's where if you are working with energy and providing your body and giving it more energy that it needs and it enjoys having, you know, that's where your nervous system will recognize that this is a phase where energy production can continue and you're working with the increase of what your body needs at this stage. As we're coming into our luteal phase, again, as our hormone levels are decreasing, if you are pushing yourself to do high intensity exercise, to go out every night and party with your friends, your body is going to recognize that this is an extra level of stress and load on our system. And again, it will start increasing the amount of stress hormones. So, you know, we all know that stress is bad, et cetera, et cetera, but it is a physiological response that your body has with stress that becomes the issue. It's, it is those extra stress hormones that make a difference. Cortisol in particular steals from progesterone when it is produced in large amounts. And this is a problem because it interferes with ovulation and it can interfere with healthy implantation as well. Now, the last thing I want to talk about before we finish up this episode is what if you don't have a cycle? You know, what if you have PCOS and you have extremely long cycles or what if you have hypothalamic amenorrhea for whatever reason and you're finding that your cycle has been missing for a long period of time? So there are a couple of things that we can do. There are some particular yoga sequences and practices that you can use and employ to kind of wake up that connection between the brain and the ovaries. But there's a little bit more of a, I'll say a woo-woo option for you in this space, and that is moon cycling. And look, whether you believe in this or not, I find that it does produce some pretty amazing results. So moon cycling is working with the phases of the moon instead of working with the phases of your menstrual cycle when it's absent. So it's no sort of no mistake that the woman's menstrual cycle and the moon cycle are both around 28 days. And there are also four distinct phases of the moon cycle. And you can look this up, you know, through a really quick Google search, or you can contact me if you want to find out more information about it. But The full moon is basically your ovulatory phase and the new moon is, or the dark moon is basically your menstrual phase. So you can start to work with the moon cycle and noticing when it changes and start to match your lifestyle, your exercise routine around this. I usually recommend that my students try it for say three or four months and just see what happens within your body. And at the very least, it's a lovely way to kind of connect to more energy around you. You know, it gives you more awareness of what may be happening in your body. So that is a really fun option as well. So let me know how you found this episode today. Is cycle syncing something that's new to you? Is this something you've been practicing for a while and you're getting amazing results with? I will just mention to you before we finish up that, you know, for a very long time, I either didn't have a cycle or I had a really irregular, short, mismatched kind of cycle, but I still employ all of these principles around cycle syncing into my life. And now in my early forties, my cycle is healthier and easier and more consistent than it has ever been. 
So thank you so much for tuning in today. I look forward to hearing your feedback and until next time, take care. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review so I can keep all this information coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, check the links below in the show notes to join me for more daily tips to support your fertility journey. And don't forget to visit my website to learn more about how the beautiful practices of yoga, meditation, and breathwork can support you as you're trying to conceive. Until next time, sending you all my love.